This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Greetings, Gothamites. Lane here. Welcome to episode 19 of Batman Books, The Dark Knight in Prose, where the only pictures are formed in the imagination. I'd like to apologize for my absence of late. Um, I've had a lot of demands on my time and energy. A bit of transparency, I was only able to get to one chapter for this episode. To kind of make up for that, I have scrounged an old radio show that I have tacked on to this episode. I hope you'll enjoy listening to that as much as I have. Let's dive into Chapter 17. Chapter 17, Scene 1 The morning sun broke over the mountain range, slanting across the rocky plateau below, the harsh rays emphasizing the barren ground. The Batman's eyes followed the sun, scanning the arid terrain, watching with the natural patience of the hunter. He was standing just inside the entrance to a cave, as invisible within the shadow as the air itself. Gloria, tell me, will the girl recover? The Batman spoke without turning his head, addressing the young man standing just behind him. Yes. In fact, she would have been alert some time ago. I gave her an additional injection to spread out the wake cycle. I did not want her to wake up in fear. Do you still wish to return her to her family? Yes. Rama takes a deep breath, but his hands won't stop shaking. Batman says quietly, Breathe only through your nose. If you breathe through your mouth, you risk hyperventilation. Breathe slowly, deeply. Take the air all the way in. Let it all the way out. Slowly. Good. Rama starts to ask, How could you know? But stops himself. The tremors leave his hands. He says to the Batman, I know who you are. Batman doesn't react already considering the possibility that the big Jack Collister persona would not survive up close scrutiny. Rama continues, I call you Warrior because that is the closest translation from our language to English. High in these mountains, deep in a cave, that is where the warrior lives. All know this. He is called a legend by some, a myth by others. But all know the truth, even if they would deny it. Rama goes on to explain that the legend says the warrior appears in many forms, but when the warrior appears in the form of a man, all will know. On that day, it is written, the walls will crumble. What walls? Batman asks. Rama replies, the walls that enslave us. We are alone to the world because of the walls. If the walls crack, people will see inside, and then there will be the chance, the chance to fight for our freedom. Batman says that he sounds like a revolutionary. 
And Rama replies, I hope I do. I pray I am. Only a revolution will save the children of Udonkai. My notes, the bit about uh, Batman encouraging him to breathe slowly and kind of shake off the tremors that were starting to attack him, that kind of reminds me of something that happened in a Tai Chi class. I can't remember if I talked about it or not, but um, I have panic disorder with agoraphobia, which makes life fun sometimes. But I was in a I was in a Tai Chi class up in Columbus, and I started having a panic attack, and I just couldn't get it to go away. And I'm I'm going through the long form with the class. There are maybe oh eight people in class. And there's the uh, instructor, Sifu Wayne, and kind of an assistant instructor, Sifu Bob. Sifu Bob is a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine. Both of them are very, very awesome. In addition to that, there's a Taekwondo class that goes on on the floor at the same time at the other end of the mat. So I'm having this panic attack, having this panic attack, and finally I'm just like, I'm gonna have to bow out and go home. I can't get it to pass, and I'm and I'm just going to have a full-blown panic attack if I don't leave right now. So at that moment, uh, Sifu Bob, who had been a decent distance away from me, he there were like one or two other students between me and him. He comes over and he doesn't touch me. He just stands beside me and continues doing the form. And he's like, you know, just, you know, breathe in, breathe out. It's like, okay. And like literally within five seconds, my panic attack is completely gone. So I continue with class. I'm able to stay and uh, the rest of the night is fine. The next day, you know, I, I was I was thinking about thinking about that. And the next day I texted Sifu Bob and I'm like, hey, you did something last night, didn't you? And he replied, uh, you caught me. I should have asked your permission first, but I could tell that your chi was off. So I um, took it upon myself to help balance your chi. So wow. <laughs> and that kind of blew my mind a bit. Um, the fact that he could sense in a crowded room that I was having an issue with my chi. He was able to sense that and come over and within five seconds, without touching me, without doing anything but standing beside me and doing the form and saying, okay, well, just just take a deep breath. And that was it. I can't remember if I've shared that story on here before, but it really tied in with this scene with Rama and Batman. Chapter 17, Scene 2 Rest in peace, Theodore, is proud to present That Time Rama Talks About Awkward Family Reunions By late afternoon, the little girl was awake and alert. Rama gently fed her sips of a clear broth the Batman had brewed, a special mixture of nutrients designed to quickly convert to energy under conditions of internal stress. Initially frightened, the child finally allowed herself to be soothed. As darkness descended over the mountains, she fell into a blissfully dreamless sleep. The Batman and Rama were on either side of a solar-powered heating element the Batman had assembled from his vast store of survival equipment. Easily recharged in each day's bright sunlight, the heating element produced no light, but it threw off enough BTUs to warm the entire cave. The men were seated in the lotus position, each alone with his thoughts. Finally, the Batman spoke. When you spoke of walls, walls that enslave your people, there was an air of bitterness in your voice that seemed directed at the outside world. Is that true? Yes, warrior, that is true. It is both terrible and true. Will you explain? The children of this country, 
Where are their advocates? Where are all the people outraged around the world? There are many myths that leave evil in their wake. Is that not so? It is so. Yes. There is a myth that a powder made from the horn of a rhino is an aphrodisiac. That myth is under a powerful attack. Environmentalists all over the world want to save the rhino, so they make it illegal to traffic in rhino horn. They shoot poachers on sight, and they have a huge media campaign to explain that the rhino horn does not help him man with his... potency. This does not stop all of it, but it stops a great deal. Why does that disturb you? There are other myths, the young man said, his simmering anger barely under control. A myth that sex with a little girl will restore sexual prowess. A myth that sex with a little boy is safe, because you cannot get AIDS from a child. But those myths are not... Not what, warrior? Not true? What is true is what people believe. Where is the public relations campaign to attack those myths? Where are the laws that protect the children? Why should it be that men of evil can plot to come here and rape our children, and that this is not a crime in their home countries? Where are the boycotts, the blockades, the economic sanctions? When will we shoot the poachers of children on sight? How did you come to these beliefs? Were you a private investigator? Like my mother was, he thought. A private investigator? We have no such word in our language, warrior. The only investigators here are from the army, and all they investigate are the rebels, not those who sell children. You wish to know how I learned this? I will tell you, he said, dropping the volume of his voice even as its intensity increased. I am the son of a doctor. I had all the advantages. A fine education, servants in the house, even a car, when I was only fourteen. My life was bliss because I was blind. My mother's family was from the mountains. Sometimes my parents would drive out there to see them. My father would distribute little gifts, like a king handing out alms. It always embarrassed me, but I still liked to go with them. I had a little cousin. Lily was her name. She was a beautiful child. I was only a few years older than her, but I felt as though I was her big brother. I always protected her. The young man took a breath. Then he bit sharply into his lower lip, trying to bite back the tears. They took her, warrior. They came to her village in the mountains and they took her. When we went to visit, Lily's father said she went to the city to live with other relatives. But he lied. I looked everywhere. My father forbade my search, but I continued anyway. And I found my little Lily, warrior. By the time I found her, she had become one of l'enfant du secret. Children of the secret, I don't... The secret is our shame, warrior. The shame of our nation and the shame of all the other nations that send their men to use our babies. Lily was a toy. She was used the first time for much money, and after that for less and less money all the time. Finally, she was being used in a filthy little shack many times a night, over and over. When I finally found her, she did not recognize me. But when we talked, she knew I had come for her. The young man drew another harsh breath willing himself to finish his painful tale of truth. I had pretended I was a customer, but I knew I would need weapons to rescue Lily. Guns are easy to buy anywhere in Udankai, but they are expensive. I could not ask my father. He had disowned me for disobedience when I would not stop searching for Lily. I was surviving only by stealing. 
I knew it would take many years to save the money for a gun, so I did what was necessary. I went into the mountains. The rebels captured me. I told them what I wanted. I traded my soul for two pistols. I found my lily in the same place. I went inside, back to the big room that was separated into cubicles by blankets dropped from the ceiling. I gave one pistol to Lily. We walked softly, but we knew we would be discovered. Lily shot the man at the front of the place where they where they used her. We made it out into the street, but then the soldiers came. I was hit twice. Lily died there, died in the street, but I know her soul was at peace. How did you get away? I did not get away, warrior. When my wounds healed, I was put in Gajat's prison. My own father renounced me. I was found guilty of treason. Yes, in Urankai, it is treason to rescue one of Le Enfants du Secret. I was to be executed, but I had to wait. There were so many others ahead of me for the hangman's rope. One night, there was an enormous explosion. The rebels had dynamited the side of the prison to free some of their comrades. Many of us escaped. Many of us did not. The government held mass executions after that. When you say you sold your soul... To the rebels, warrior. I knew nothing of politics then. I agreed to fight on their side until they achieved victory or until I died. But it would not have mattered. Once I understood how my lily was used, I knew I could never rest until she was avenged. I am a rebel too, the young man said, eyes shining through a veneer of tears. Not some outside agitator, not some communist. A rebel against the tyranny that feeds our babies to beasts. The Batman said nothing for a long minute. Then he extended one gloved hand. Rama Pien grasped the offered hand and felt its power, felt the power flow into him. Tomorrow, it begins. My notes... I'm glad we got a good bit of uh, Ramabien's narrative, some of his backstory. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting that when he, Alfred told Batman that Ramabien was considered a rebel and he was um, wanted for treason. I mean, who would have thought it was because he rescued a family member from being raped as a child? So, very sad. I also can't help but think of the many hours that Batman is remaining dressed up as Batman. Does the bat suit have a little back door in the trousers, like pajamas, so that he can go to the bat bathroom? Just some of the thoughts that are going around in my mind. Fun fact for Chapter 17. BTU, or the British Thermal Unit, is a traditional unit of heat. It is defined as the amount of heat required to raise the temperature of one pound of water by one degree Fahrenheit. Its counterpart in the metric system is the calorie, which is defined as the amount of heat required to raise the temperature of one gram of water by one degree Celsius. Again, apologies for covering just the one chapter this time around. If you'd like to contact me, you can find me at darknightprose at gmail.com or batmanbooks underscore dkp on twitter as mentioned before you can stay tuned after the outro music for a batman radio drama until next time gothamites happy reading batman is copyrighted to dc comics and was created by bob kane and bill finger 
faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, in his guise of Clark Kent, Superman receives startling news from Robin, the young companion of the famous Batman who, visibly upset, explains... Batman is gone, Mr. Kent. Gone? What do you mean, Robin? I mean he's gone and... And I'm... I'm afraid we'll never see him again. And now... The Adventures of Superman. When Clark Kent, who was really Superman, received an urgent phone call from Robin, the young companion of the famous Batman, he hurried to the handsome mansion which the dynamic duo occupy in their true identities of Dick Grayson and Bruce Wayne. Kent found young Grayson greatly agitated. Just as Kent closed the door behind him, the youngster, choking back tears, exclaimed, Batman's gone, Mr. Kent, and... And I'm afraid we'll never see him again. Oh, gosh, what, what'll I do, Mr. Kent? What'll I do? First thing you must do, Dick, is pull yourself together and tell me exactly what happened. I, I can't. I'm so worried I can't even think. Nonsense. You've got to. Now, come on, son. What did you mean when you said Batman was gone and we'd never see him again? Well, I... I mean he's gone. Forever. Forever? He... He's not dead, is he? I... I'm afraid he is. Why do you say that? Because he told me be- before he went away, if he didn't come back within a week, and, and if I didn't hear from him, I- I'd probably never see him again. How long ago was that? It was exactly 12 days ago. I see. Did he tell you where he was going? No, no, I asked him, but he said he couldn't tell me. Well, that's rather unusual. I mean, for Batman not to tell you, isn't it? It's the first time it ever happened. Oh. Did he give you any idea why he was going away? None at all. He just told me that something very important had come up. Something he just couldn't tell me about. That's odd. And then he said if he wasn't back inside of a week, he, he might never come back. Now I'm scared, Mr. Kent. Uh, I... uh, uh, take it easy, son. Take it easy. Look, were you and Batman working on any particular case when he went away? No. For once, everything was nice and peaceful. It was, eh? Yes, that's why I can't understand it. Hmm. Did you question Alfred, your butler? Maybe Batman said something to him. No, he didn't. I asked Alfred. What about the police? Did you call Inspector Henderson? Not yet. Because I kept hoping Batman would show up. I see. And besides, he always told me if ever I was in trouble and he wasn't around, I was to call you. Uh-huh. Well, obviously he knew he was going into something dangerous or he wouldn't have said what he did. But what gets me is that he didn't leave some some clue for one of us just in case. You'd think he'd do that. But I know he didn't because Wait, I... Dick. Do you know where Batman keeps his private papers? Yes, in a vault in his bedroom. Why? Do you have a key to the vault? It's a combination lock. I know the combination. Good. Let's go up and have a look at this vault. It's just possible we'll find a clue there. 
looked at everything except Batman's will, Dick. Unless there's something in that to give us a lead, I'll admit I'm stumped. Might as well open it and see, Mr. Kent. Yeah, I suppose so. Well, here goes. Hmm. Very short. I, Bruce Wayne, being of sound health and mind, to declare this to be my last will and testament. Lists several charities. He leaves a lot of money to, and... Bequeath the bulk of my estate to my friend Richard Grayson. That's you. Look, are you sure there isn't anything else in his will? No. Nothing that would give us a lead. Oh, gosh. What'll we do, Mr. I don't know. Somehow this just doesn't add up, Dick. I'm sure Batman wouldn't have walked out knowing he might never come back without leaving some tiny hint. Wait a minute. Maybe he couldn't. Didn't have time. Didn't have time. Look, where were you and Batman? I mean, the last time you saw him. Right here. I was asleep in my room. He came in and woke me up. Was he alone? Sure. He... Wait a minute. I've been so upset, I forgot about it. Forgot about what? I think there was somebody with him. Somebody who was standing right outside my door. And you remember who it was? It was too dark to see well, but I think it was the same man Batman was talking to in the study. When was this? Earlier in the evening. Some man came to see Batman. He took him into the study downstairs. I see. Did you get a look at him? No, I was getting ready for bed when I heard the doorbell. Batman let him in, and then I heard their voices in the study. Did you hear anything they said? No. The study door was closed, you see, and I was pretty sleepy. So all I heard was a murmur of their voices. I see. And then Batman disappeared that night. Yes. And now I'm almost sure that man, whoever he was, was standing right outside my bedroom door when Batman said goodbye to me. And that may be why Batman couldn't tell you anymore at that time. That's right. Of course. Come on, Dick. Let's go down to the study. I want to have a look around there with you. Any luck, Dick? See anything odd, out of place? No, Mr. Kent. I can't find anything in this room that wasn't here before. Uh, I can't make this add up, Dick. Because I'm so sure Batman wouldn't have walked out without leaving us some hint. Or... Wait a minute, what's this? Oh, that's our recording machine. We use it to record important phone calls or some special radio programs. I see. When's the last time you or Batman used it, do you remember? Well, sure. Time we were trailing the Umbrella Man. Oh? We expected him to call up and try and make a deal with us. He did, and the recording of his phone call helped to send him to jail. Yes, I remember that story. That was several months ago. Mm, yeah, I guess so. Well, you must have used it since then. No, that was the last time. I remember because I'd put a new spool of recording wire on the machine just a day or two before Batman disappeared. And we had no occasion to use it since. Well, there's something recorded on that new wire, Dick. Huh? Holy smokes, is there? Uh-huh. This may be just what we're looking for. What do you mean, Mr. Kent? If the wire was blank a day or two before Batman disappeared, and now there's something recorded on it, it may mean Batman used the machine when he was with the stranger on the night he disappeared. You mean Batman might have recorded something on the machine to tell us where he went? Could be. Let's play the recording back and find out. Eagerly, Clark, Kent, and Dick Grayson prepare to play back the recording. Will they hear anything that will give them a clue to the disappearance of the famous Batman? We'll be back in a moment to find out in the dramatic climax of today's episode. So keep listening. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. In the famous Batman study, Clark Kent and Dick Grayson, who is Robin, are about to play back a spool of wire discovered in a recording machine in an effort to find a clue to Batman's mysterious disappearance. 
Adjusting the machine, Kent calls out. Okay, Dick. Turn it on. Right, Mr. Kent. Here it goes. That's a strange request, Mr. Uh, Jones, you said your name was? That's Batman, Mr. Jones is right, Mr. Wayne. But strange or not, I insist that you come to my place with me now to discuss the matter. Is that the man you heard with Batman that night, Dick? Uh Uh-huh. Why can't we discuss it right here? Because, as I explained before, I prefer to discuss such an important matter in my own home. Or in some uh, neutral place, if you prefer. You think I might have spies around here, huh? Let's just say I prefer not to take chances. I see. What are they talking about? Quiet, Dick. You'll find out. Mr. Jones, you don't want to take chances, but you don't hesitate to ask me to take them. Come here with some cock-and-bull story. It's not a cock-and-bull story, Mr. Wayne. I've told you the truth. Maybe. And maybe your name is Jones. But you must admit it sounds pretty fishy. I mean, telling me as little as you have and then asking me to go somewhere with you alone. How do I know you're not leading me into an ambush? Why should I? Well, I am pretty rich, you know. You may have some ransom idea in your head. Gosh, listen to That's sheer nonsense, Mr. Wayne, as you'll find out. But we're wasting time. Will you come to my place? Sorry, Mr. Jones. I'm not a coward, but neither am I a fool. You'll have to tell me more. And if I refuse? I don't go with you. I think you will, Mr. Wayne, because if you don't... Then what? Then I shall be compelled to reveal to the world that you, Bruce Wayne, are Batman. What's that? Christopher Columbus. Yes, Mr. Wayne. I will publicly reveal that you, Bruce Wayne, and the famous Batman are one and the same. Shocked, Clark Kent and Dick Grayson stare at each other in wonder and dismay as the recording completes its playback. Who is the mysterious and threatening Mr. Jones who has somehow discovered the secret of Batman's double identity? The secret Batman cherishes as much as Clark Kent guards his own identity as Superman. And what has happened to Batman? Tomorrow, Kent and Robin receive an even greater shock. So don't fail to listen, fellows and girls. Be sure to tune in same time, same station for Chapter 2 of Batman's Great Mystery on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. It's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, in his guise of Clark Kent, Superman and Robin hear a conversation between the missing Batman and a stranger on a wire recording and receive the shock of their lives. I think you'll do as I say, Mr. Wayne, because if you refuse... Yes, if I refuse, 
that I will reveal to the world that you, Bruce Wayne, are Batman. And now, the adventures of Superman. Insisting that he was unable to explain, Batman told Robin, his young companion, that he was going away. And he added that if he failed to return after one week, Robin might never see him again. When 12 days went by and Batman failed to return, Robin summoned Clark Kent, who is really Superman. Together they searched for a clue to Batman's disappearance. And then, in a recording machine, Kent discovered a wire recording of a conversation between Batman and a mysterious man named Jones. Holy smokes, Mr. Kent. Did you hear what that man said? Yes, I did. He knows Bruce is Batman. So it seems. How did he ever find that out? I don't know, Dick. But it appears that somehow he did find it out, and he must have used that information to make Batman go away with him. Under threat that he'd expose Bruce's double identity if he didn't. Right, but who is he? How did he find out Bruce is Batman? Where did he take him? You got me. All we know is that the man's name is Jones. Or is it? Who knows? And if, even if it is, that's a pretty slim clue. There are only a couple of million people named Jones, you know. Yeah, I know. So where are we? Oh, we're in no place yet. Look, do you mind if I play this recording once again, Dick? No, but what do you expect to get out well, of it? Well, there was something vaguely familiar about the voice of that fellow Jones. Gosh, do you think you know him? Well, not sure, but I think I've heard his voice before. I'm going to start the recording anyway. Please don't say anything until it's over, will you, Dick? No, I'll make like a clam, Mr. Kent. Okay, good. Here goes. That's a strange request, Mr. Jones, you said your name was? Jones is right, Mr. Wayne. But strange or not, I insist that you come to my place with me now to discuss the matter. But why? Why can't we discuss it right here? Because, as I explained before, I prefer to discuss such an important matter in my own home. Or in some uh, neutral place, if you prefer. <laughs> you think I might have spies around here, huh? Let's just say I prefer not to take chances. <laughs> I see. You know, you amuse me, Mr. Jones. You don't want to take chances, but you don't hesitate to ask me to take them. You come here with some cock-and-bull story. It's not a cock-and-bull story, Mr. Wayne. I've told you the truth. Maybe. And maybe your name is Jones. But you must admit it sounds pretty fishy. I mean, telling me as little as you have and then asking me to go somewhere with you alone. How do I know you're not leading me into an ambush? Why should I? Well, I am pretty rich, you know. You may have some ransom idea in your head. That's sheer nonsense, Mr. Wayne, as you'll find out. But we're wasting time. Will you come to my place? Sorry, Mr. Jones. I'm not a coward, but neither am I a fool. You'll have to tell me more. That's enough. And if I refuse, I don't go. Well, do you recognize that guy Jones's voice? Do you know who he is? Nope. Oh, shucks. But now I know definitely that I've heard his voice before, Dick. Oh, if only I could place him. Yeah, I'd like to place him, too, at the end of my fist. Well, you may get that chance. Uh, do you have a pair of shears, Dick? Uh-huh. There's a pair right here in this drawer. Will you please let me have them? Sure, but well, what do you want them for? I'm going to cut off the last 10 or 15 seconds of the recording wire, the part where Jones tells Bruce he's Batman. What? Why? Because I'm going to play this recording for several people. And I don't think Bruce would want them to learn his double identity, do you? Oh, I should say not. Here are the shears. Thanks. Look, uh, who are you going to play the recording for, Mr. Kent? For the police department and for the staff at the Daily Planet. Maybe someone can help us identify Jones. Swell idea. Give me a hand with a spool of wire, please, Dick. We've got to work fast. Now, Mr. White, Lois, Jim, you two, Beanie, listen carefully to this recording of a conversation between Bruce Wayne 
and a man he calls Jones. I want you to see if you can recognize Jones's voice. All right, Dick, turn on the machine. Here it goes, Mr. Kent. Listen now, all of you. That's a strange request, Mr. Jones. You said your name was? Jones is right, Mr. Wayne. But strange or not, I... Now, Inspector, if you and your men will listen carefully to this recording, one of you may be able to identify the mysterious Mr. Jones. Here it goes. That's a strange request, Mr. Jones. You said your name was? Jones is right, Mr. Wayne. But strange or not, I... Nobody at either the police department or the Daily Planet recognized Jones's voice. No. Now, where do we go from here, Mr. Kent? Gosh, I don't know, Dick. Let me think a minute, will you? Go ahead. I'm afraid you'll have to do the thinking for both of us because I'm so upset my head just keeps going around in circles. If we only had some idea of what he wanted with Batman. And if only I could place his voice. Yeah, if... If only. Oh, say, listen, Dick. Inspector Henderson was going to have a fingerprint expert go over the study in your house. Have you heard from him yet? Not yet. Do you want me to give him a ring? No, no, no. Let's, let's wait a little while and then... Oh, excuse me, wait. Clark Kent speaking. Oh, yes, Inspector. Did your fingerprint man turn up at... Oh. They didn't, eh? Oh, I was afraid of that. Yes, I'm listening. What? What did you say? What's up, Mr. Kent? Say that again, Inspector. Oh, no. What? That's impossible. What is it, Mr. Kent? Just a minute, Dick. What? I can't believe it. You did, huh? You're positive? I see. All right, thanks, Inspector. Yes, you bet we will. Right. So long. What gives, Mr. Kent? Plenty, but don't stop to ask questions now, Dick. Just come with me. Where? What happened? I'm not sure, but either Inspector Henderson has gone crazy or we have. Come on. Grim-faced, Clark Kent hurries from his office, followed by the puzzled Dick Grayson. What amazing news did Kent receive from Inspector Henderson? We'll be back in a moment to find out, so keep listening. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. As we continue now, Clark Kent and young Dick Grayson, who is really Robin, have arrived at the Metropolis Auditorium, where a huge throng mills around the doors trying to push their way into the already crowded building. There, Kent flashes his press card, and followed by Dick, is ushered into the auditorium to seats in the front row, directly below the empty flag-draped stage. Will you please tell me what this is all about, Mr. Kent? Why are we here? What's going on? This, Dick, is a mass meeting which was announced only this afternoon by an organization of selfish, bigoted people who oppose sending food and other help to Europe. You mean the Marshall Plan? Yes, that and any other plan to help war-torn nations. Then what are we doing here? I don't want anything to do with a bunch of selfish mugs who don't want us to help those poor people. Neither do I, Dick. But wait. Nothing doing. I want out. Now, wait a minute, When Batman and I were in Europe, we saw people living like... Like animals, without anybody to care about. If you'll them. just listen a moment, Dick. I can no, tell you. No, I why... won't listen. I don't want any part of this meeting. Now look. Besides, go I've get... got to find Batman. Please wait a minute. Excuse me. Please. Come here. Let me out. Dick, come back here and sit down. I won't. Let me go. Will you sit down? Batman is going to be here. Ba- Batman here? That's what Inspector Henderson said. The police department issued a permit for the meeting just before he called me. And get this, Batman is going to be the principal speaker. What? What? That's right. He's going Are to be... Are you kidding? Why, Batman wouldn't breathe the same air as this this rotten crowd. Oh, no? 
Look. Huh? What? Look up there on the stage. Look who's walking out to speak. Christopher Columbus. It is Batman. Eyes bulging, Robin looks up at the tall figure in skin-tight costume, gloves, cape, and bat-like hood and mask, and recognizes his companion, Batman. Can it really be Batman who was out before the huge crowd to speak for a movement which he, Robin, Superman, and other prominent people have condemned as un-American and selfish? What can this mean? There are more surprises and thrills in tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls, so be sure to listen. Tune in, same time, same station, for Chapter 3 of Batman's Great Mystery on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. It's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, in his guise of Clark Kent, Superman is in the Metropolis Auditorium with young Dick Grayson, who is really Robin, Batman's young companion, when a man they believed was dead appears on the stage. Look, Dick. Look who's going to speak. It's Batman. Christopher Columbus. Yes, it is Batman. Adventures of Superman. Just 12 days ago, the famous Batman wakened Robin, his young companion, from sleep and told him... I'm going away, Robin. I can't tell you where or why. I hope to be back within a week. But if I'm not, well, you may never see me again. Then, when 12 days passed and Batman did not return, a very worried Robin appealed for aid to Clark Kent, who, as we know, is Superman. Searching for a clue in Batman's study, Kent discovered a recently made recording of a conversation between Batman and a mysterious Mr. Jones, a man who had somehow learned that Batman was really a wealthy young man named Bruce Wayne, and who threatened that unless Batman accompanied him to an unnamed destination, he would reveal his secret to the world. A desperate search failed to uncover any trace of Batman or the mysterious Mr. Jones. But early that evening, police inspector Henderson phoned Kent and Robin and told them to go to the Metropolis Auditorium. There, before a huge crowd, a 
tall figure wearing a skin-tight costume, cape, bat-like hood, and mask, walked out on the stage to address the gathering. Look, Mr. Kidd, it's Batman. Certainly looks like him, Dick. It is him, or else I'm dreaming. You're not dreaming, son. But how could he be here, safe and sound, while letting us think he might be dead? I don't know. Oh, there's something screwy going on. Must be. Can't imagine Batman addressing a selfish, bigoted crowd like this. Starting to speak. Listen. That's Batman, all right. I am wholeheartedly in sympathy with your view. As I am convinced that the future of our great country rests in your hands. And in the hands of those others all over the United States who think the way you do. Did you hear that, Mr. Kent? He's with this mob. Yes, I can't believe it, Dick. Why, if Batman told me once, he told me a hundred times that this bunch were selfish bigots. He said they were a menace to our country. They are. I can't understand this. I think... Wait, Dick, let's hear this. Want us to send our hard-earned food, clothing, seed, and agricultural equipment to the nations of Europe. Share what we have for the unfortunate, they say. Well, I say don't do anything of the kind. Let others take care of themselves. Holy smokes, Mr. Kent. I must be dreaming. No, you're not, Dick. Batman always said the only decent and humane thing to do was to help the starving people in Europe. I know. He went to Washington with me only a few months ago to say the same thing. I can't understand why. Why should we give our bread and cotton and steel and machinery to somebody else? I ask you, why? If the Europeans want the necessities and luxuries of life, let them make them themselves. How can he say that when he knows their farms and factories and homes were destroyed in the war? And all they're asking for is our help in getting on their feet again. Think I'm beginning to see what's behind this, Dick. Yeah, what? I'll tell you later. Say, Listen. We have our own troubles to worry about. So let's not bother about Europe, too. They got into a mess without our help. Now let them get out of it without our help. Jeez. My ears must be playing tricks on me, Mr. Kent. I can't believe Batman would ever say such rotten and selfish things. Neither can I. The less we have to do with foreigners, the better. So let them stew in their own juice. And now, in closing, ladies and gentlemen, let me urge you again to refuse to aid Europe. We work hard for what we have, so let's not give it away to a lot of foreigners. I thank you. Batman spoke like a, a selfish bigot and a rabble-rouser, Mr. Kent. Like one of the worst kind, Dick. The meeting's over. Come on. I can't believe it. He, he just the same as said, let those poor people over there starve. That's what he said. But I've known Batman for years, and I know he hates narrow bigots and, and despots like this un-American crowd as much as you and I and all decent Americans hate them. Then why did he say all those awful things? Well, my hunch is that he was forced to do this. Forced? Uh-huh. What makes you think so? Remember that recording we found in Batman's study? Oh, you mean that, that fellow Jonesy? Yes. Look, Batman just went into a dressing room. Here's our chance to find out. Come on. There he is, Dick. Batman. Hey, Batman. Oh, hello, Dick. How are you, Kent? All right, Batman, but Where have you been? Why did you tell me I might never see you again? Why haven't I... Whoa, wait a minute, Dick. It's a long story, and I I can't go into it now, because I've got another speaking engagement in Willow Falls. What? What? She was... Look, Batman, we three are all alone now, so you can drop the pose and talk straight. We heard your speech tonight, and now we want to... Oh, you did, huh? How'd you like it? I thought it smelled. Really? I thought it was quite good. 
Oh, cut that out, Batman. We know why you made that filthy un-American speech tonight. You see, we found that recording. A recording? Well, what recording, Kent? The one you meant us to find, of course. The one you made the night you left of the conversation between you and that fellow Jones. Oh. Oh, oh, that. We heard him say he knew you were Bruce Wayne, and if you didn't go away with him, he'd tell the whole world. That's why you made that speech tonight, wasn't it, Batman? Because Jones threatened to tell everyone you were Bruce Wayne if you didn't go along with him. Isn't that right? Well, I'm surprised you went along with him, no matter what it meant to you, Batman. You have a great deal of influence and prestige, you know. And a lot of people will believe your lies just because you say them. That's right. But they weren't lies. What? I told the truth. You must be out of your head. Now, listen, Batman. Either this fellow Jones has succeeded in so scaring you that you've turned into a coward, or else you... Now, wait. Get this straight. I'm either a coward or out of my mind, kid. Now, as I said before, I've got another speaking engagement. So I'll have to ask you two to leave. Oh, no, you don't. You're not going to brush me off that easily, Batman. We've been friends for years, and I'm going to find... Let me talk to him alone. But look... I know him better than you. Will you wait outside for me, please, in your car? Now, look, I'm in a hurry, Dick. I told you... I don't care, Pappy. You and I are going to have a little power right now. Go on, please, Mr. Kent. Well, all right, Dick. I'll wait for you in my car. Okay. All right, now we're alone. Just you and me. Batman and Robin. So start talking. We'll be back in a moment for the startling climax of today's episode. So keep listening. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Alone in a dressing room in the Metropolis Auditorium, young Dick Grayson, who is really Robin, appeals to his tall, costumed companion... We've never had any secrets from each other, Batman. So come on, tell me about this trouble you're in. I'm not in any trouble, Dick. Don't give me that. You wouldn't just disappear for almost two weeks and let me worry myself sick and then make a rotten, un-American speech like like some dirty rabble-rouser unless you... Oh, watch your tongue, you brat. Huh? What did you call me? I called you a brat. Now get this through your head. I meant what I said in my speech tonight. I, well, I've been seeing things differently of late. Holy smokes, Mr. Kent must be right. Either you're yellow or you're nuts. I warned you, Robin. Watch your tongue. You watch yours. You never talked to me this way before, and you're not going to start now. I've got another speaking engagement, so I've got to go. Wait, please. Don't go until we've had this out. Take your hands off. Please, Batman, you've got to listen to me. You've got to... I said let go. Oh. That'll hold you, you little punk. Time to go, Bat. Hey, what happened to the kid? He got tough and I had to take a poke at him, that's all. Let's go, Jerry. Hey, he looks as if he's hurt pretty bad. His head's cut. So what? He banged it against the radiator and he went down. He'll be okay. Come on, let's go. Without a backward glance at the fallen Robin, lies huddled on the floor unconscious. The tall figure in the famous Batman costume strides from the dressing room with the man he calls Jerry. How can this brutal scene have taken place between Batman and Robin, inseparable as brothers? What can it possibly mean? The mystery deepens even more tomorrow, fellows and girls, when more amazing things happen and Superman decides it is time for him to go into action. So be sure to tune in tomorrow, same time, same station, for Chapter 4 of Batman's Great Mystery on The Adventures of Superman.
Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. It's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, as Superman enters a small dressing room in the Metropolis Auditorium where he had left Batman and Robin... He meets with a stunning shock. Great Scott. That's Robin on the floor. Robin. Robin, what happened? Oh, he's unconscious. I'd better get him to a doctor and fast. Up with him. There we are. Now, up and away! Adventures of Superman. After telling Robin, his young companion, that he might never see him again, the famous Batman disappeared. Then, 12 days later, while Robin and Superman hunted desperately for him, Batman apparently reappeared without notifying his friends and delivered a rabble-rousing un-American speech in Metropolis Auditorium. Unable to believe their ears, Superman and Robin, in their guises of Clark Kent and Dick Grayson, respectively, hurried to Batman's dressing room after the speech. But when they were given a cold reception, Robin asked Kent to leave, then appealed to Batman to explain his amazing behavior. To his utter bewilderment, the man he considered his dearest friend turned on him viciously. And when Kent returned a short time later, he found Batman gone and Dick lying on the floor, unconscious. As Superman, Kent rushed Dick to the office of a nearby doctor, where the boy was treated for a scalp wound. Now, a little while later, Robin is again alone with Kent, heartbroken close to tears. He hit me, Mr. Kent. Batman hit me. He called me a brat and then he slugged me. He never did anything like that before. Never. I know, Dick. He never even lost his temper with me before. I, I can't understand it, Mr. Kent. I just can't understand it. I can't understand that any more than I can understand Batman's making that rabble-rousing un-American speech at the auditorium. Why, if I hadn't heard him myself, I never would have believed it. Oh, look, Mr. Kent... Do you suppose that fellow Jones, the man we heard on the recording with Batman, do you think he's making him act this way? Could be, Dick. Could be. But the Batman I knew would have knocked Jones down regardless of what it meant to him before he would make such a selfish, bigoted, un-American speech. Yeah, I guess he would. Then why is he acting this way? Well, offhand, I can think of only two reasons, Dick. Such as? First, it's just possible that Batman doesn't know what he's doing because he's sick. Mentally sick as a result of something fed or injected into him by the mysterious Mr. Jones. But he didn't seem sick. His eyes were clear, and his voice, his movements, they were just the same as always. Yes, but his thoughts and his actions were entirely different from what they always were. No, Dick, I still say Batman is either sick or else... Or else what? Well, that's something I'd rather not talk about yet. It 
It seems too utterly fantastic. Oh, come on, Mr. Kent. Tell me, please. No, I'd rather check my theory first. Look, uh, Batman said he had another speaking engagement tonight in Willow Falls, didn't he? Uh Uh-huh. All right, I'm going up to Willow Falls, and before this night is over, I'm going to find out if Batman is sick or... Well, the other thing. Swell, I'll go with you. No, no, Dick, you're still a little groggy. Oh, no, no, I'm okay now. Honest. I want to go, Mr. Kent. I'd rather you didn't, Dick. I want to talk to Batman alone. Oh, well, okay. Good fella. Now, get your coat on. I'll take you over to Jim Olson's house. Jim Olson's? Mm -hmm. What for? Because if my second theory is right, you may be in danger. So I'd rather you were someplace else than your home until I get back. Oh, don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. Well... Besides, until I know what gives with Batman, I want to be at home in case he calls and needs me. Well, that's the way you want it. All right, Dick. I'll run you home, then I'll hop up to Willow Falls and have it out with Batman. Come on, let's go. After seeing Robin safely to his home, Clark Kent secretly resumes his true identity. Then, as Superman, he streaks 30 miles north to the bustling town of Willow Falls. There, after again assuming his disguise of mild-mannered, bespectacled Clark Kent, he approaches the Willow Falls Opera House. Crowds are filing into the building, outside of which is a life-sized lithograph of Batman in costume, and a huge sign which reads, Batman Speaks Here Tonight. Making his way to the stage entrance, Kent speaks with the doorman. My name is Clark Kent. I'm a reporter for the Metropolis Daily Planet. I'd, I'd like to uh, interview Batman. Oh, he ain't here yet. You sure? It's 8.45, and I noticed he's scheduled to speak at 9 o'clock. I know, but he phoned in a little while ago to say he'd be late. He did, eh? Yeah, he's driving up from Metropolis, but he said he had some trouble with his car. Expects to be here about 9.30, thereabouts. I see. But do you mind if I come in and wait for him? No, I don't mind. Come on in. Thanks. As Kent enters the opera house in Willow Falls to wait for Batman, Robin, in his house in Metropolis, tries to concentrate on a book. But restless and worried, he soon tosses it away and turns on the radio. A moment later, he snaps that off and takes to pacing the floor. Then, when the phone rings, he fairly leaps across the room to answer it. Hello? That you, Robin? Yes, uh, Batman. Chick, listen, chum. Where are you, Batman? What's happened to you? I'm so worried, I'm going nuts. Take it easy, Robin. We can explain everything. Oh, we'll start explaining. Mr. Ken thinks you're sick in the head, but I know it can't be that. <laughs> Ken thinks I'm sick, huh? Yeah, he went up to Willow Falls to see you. Is that where you are now? You are? Well, come on home right now. We can get this all straightened out. I can't come home now, Robin. Why not? Because I'm on a big job. What big? Job? For the police department? Bigger than that. The government? I... I can't tell you any more over the phone. Listen, can't you use a hand on this job? Can't I help? Yes. That's the reason I called you. I need you, chum. Oh, now you're talking our language. Just say where and when, Pappy. You know where the old River Hotel is? The River Hotel? Seems to me I remember it. Uh, an old dump down on the waterfront? That's it. I'm there now. Room 314. 314. Check. Now get this. I'm listening. Keep this strictly on the QT. Don't tell Kent or even Alfred that I call. Or where you're going. Understand? I'll make like a clam, Patty. Good. Get on your horse then, Robin. And get set for a big surprise. Now hurry. What is the big surprise that has just been promised the now happy Robin? We'll be back in a moment to find out, so keep listening.
the adventures of Superman. Dressed as Dick Grayson, Robin has just arrived at the River Hotel, an ancient, decaying, evil-smelling structure situated in an area on the waterfront where many of the shady element of the city congregate. In the small, paint-peeled lobby, furnished with a few sagging horsehair chairs, two furtive-eyed men glance sharply at Robin, then quickly look away. The sleepy, bleary-eyed clerk at the switchboard seems to take no notice of the youngster as he walks swiftly to the rickety, uncarpeted stairs and takes them two at a time. On the third and top floor, where a single small electric bulb only seems to make the shadows deeper, Robin reads the numbers with difficulty on the cheap, scarred doors. Finally, he finds room 314, the number Batman had given him at the end of the hall. He stops and knocks on the door. Hiya, Batman. What the... Stepping into the room, Robin stops short as he sees a bald, heavy-set, unshaven man sitting in a chair facing the door. In his hand, the man holds a revolver, which he points at Robin. Another man, very tall and thin, in shirt sleeves, lounges alongside the door. There is no one else in the room. Then, as Robin starts to step backward, the heavy-set man in the chair calls out... Stay right where you are, sonny boy. Close the door, Lou. What's the idea? Where's Batman? <laughs> you want to know where Batman is, huh? Yeah, what's so funny? Where is he? What goes on here? You'll find out, sonny boy. You'll find out. But you ain't gonna like it. <laughs> no, you ain't gonna like it at all. What does this mean? Was Robin deliberately led into an ambush by Batman? It hardly seems possible. But then other things Batman has done since his strange reappearance have hardly seemed possible, too. What will happen now to Robin as Superman, 30 miles away in Willow Falls, is unaware of this latest and serious development? There's more excitement and baffling mystery in Monday's thrilling episode, Gang, much more. So be sure to listen. Don't fail to tune in again Monday, same time, same station, for Chapter 5 of Batman's Great Mystery on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. It's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, with Superman unaware of his predicament, young Dick Grayson, otherwise known as Robin responds to a summons from Batman and enters a room of a shabby hotel where he finds two men waiting for him with guns. Come right in, sonny boy. 
keep your hands up. Close the door, Lou. That man promised you a surprise, didn't he? <laughs> well, this is it, kid. But I don't think you're going to like it. Adventures of Superman. After disappearing mysteriously for almost two weeks, the famous Batman apparently reappeared in the Metropolis Auditorium and delivered a rabble-rousing, un-American speech. Then, confronted by Robin, his young companion, Batman struck the bewildered youngster, knocking him out. A short time later, Robin, having been brought home by Superman, received a telephone call, apparently from Batman, who told him to come alone to a shady hotel on the waterfront where he would explain his strange actions. And when Robin arrived there, he walked into an ambush. Meanwhile, unaware of this latest development, Superman, disguised as reporter Clark Kent, was at the opera house in Willow Falls, 30 miles away, where Batman was delivering another speech. As he left the stage and walked into the wings, followed by the applause of the crowd, Kent stepped forward to meet him. Just a minute, Batman. Kent, what are you doing? I want to talk to you. Yeah? And what about? About Robin and other things. Look, I haven't time to discuss this. You're to take time. You and Robin have been as close as brothers. You practically brought him up. Well, what are you getting at? A few hours ago at the Metropolis Auditorium, you struck him and knocked him out. So what? Little punk asked for it. It's not like you, Batman. You never slugged Robin before or talked like this about him. What's more, you never made rabble-rousing un-American speeches before. Something very fishy going on, and I intend to find out what it is. Look, Kent, I don't intend to stand here and argue with you. I told you I'm expecting some phone calls at my hotel. Good night. No, you don't, Batman. You're going to stay right here until we straighten this out. Take your hands off me, Kent. Or what? You try to slug me, too? Yes, I might forget myself and do just that. That wouldn't be smart, would it, considering who I am? If you think I'm afraid of you just because you're a reporter for a big newspaper, you're crazy. Well, I didn't mean that. Because I'm a reporter. What did you mean, then? Don't you know? No. I don't know what you're talking about, and I don't care. I'm going to the Willow Falls Hotel. Wait a minute. Steel fingers locked on the bat-like costumed man's arm. Kent holds him fast. There's a strange expression in his eyes as he gazes into the masked face before him. Then he hears his own voice, the voice of Superman, talking to him. Batman is the only man in the world who knows that I, Superman, am Clark Kent. This man doesn't know it. Say, what's the matter with you? So I was right. What do you mean? Take your hands off me, Ken. First, I thought you were acting this way because you were afraid of Jones, the man who said he knew Batman's real identity. But now I think I've got this situation figured out. You amuse me, Ken. Keep on talking. Later. Go on to your hotel. I'll be seeing you again very soon. dark enough in this alley, I guess. So, out of these clothes. I need Inspector Henderson's help in a hurry. I can get back to Metropolis in two shakes as Superman. There we are. All set now. Up and away! I tell you, Inspector, I know what I'm talking about. Either Batman is mentally ill, Jones may have done something to him to affect his mind... Or else that man in the costume is not Batman. Not Batman? Well, that's ridiculous, Kent. I know it sounds fantastic, Inspector, because this fellow certainly looks and talks exactly like Batman. But, well, I, I put him to a test. Well, what kind of a test? 
There's a, a certain secret which only Batman and I know. Yeah? That masked man doesn't know it. Hmm. What is the secret? I can't tell you, but take my word for it, Inspector. The real Batman couldn't possibly forget it. That is, unless he was mentally ill. I see. Look, you have a record of Batman's fingerprints, haven't you? Certainly, certainly. Fine. Now, this guy who says he's Batman is staying at the Willow Falls Hotel tonight. That's only 30 miles away. Mm -hmm. So why don't you find some excuse for walking in on him and picking up a sample of his fingerprints? Then you can check them with the prints in your file. Well, I suppose I could do that. Do it, Inspector. If the prints match, we'll know he's the real Batman, but he's mentally sick. And if they don't match... Oh, but it all seems so ridiculous, Kent. No, but... How could a phony, clever as he may be, do such a perfect job of impersonation that could fool even Robin? I don't know. I've heard that everyone in the world is supposed to have a double somewhere. Yeah, I've heard that too, but you Well, this fellow could look enough like Batman, naturally, not to need much fixing. Mm -hmm. And he could be trained to imitate his voice, his manners, and so forth. But uh, who would go to all that trouble, and why? Fanatics. And we're dealing with a bunch of isolationist fanatics here. Fanatics will go to any amount of trouble to gain their selfish ends. Then there's another thing. What's that? Uh, Batman is a very rich man. If he were out of the way, an impersonator could make off with a fortune. Uh-huh. Hey, that makes sense. Now, maybe you've got something, Kent. You go through with a fingerprint test, Inspector? Well, I can only do it on one condition, Kent. What's that? That someone closely connected with Batman, in this case Robin, makes an official complaint, including a statement of his belief that the real Batman has met with foul play and is now being impersonated. Okay, Robin will do that. Come on, Inspector. We'll go out to his house right now. Where's Robin, Alfred? I don't know, Mr. Kent, sir. What? He left about an hour ago after receiving a phone call. In a jolly hurry he was, too. I don't like that. Uh, where did he go, Alfred? All he would tell me, Inspector, is that he was going to meet a man on the waterfront somewhere. On the waterfront? Yes, sir. And the way he was gaily chirping and singing, I'm rather sure it was Batman who called him. Batman? Did he say that? No, sir, he wouldn't say, sir. But when I asked him if it was Batman he was going to meet, he simply winked and said, Mustn't talk, Alfred, but everything's all right again now. Oh, that's funny. Batman is supposed to be in Willow Falls. Willow Falls, sir? Yes. Say, that's right, Kent. Why should he tell Robin to meet him on the waterfront? He wouldn't. Unless... Unless what? Unless he is a phony, as I suspect. Look, Inspector, you better get your men down to the waterfront and look for Robin. Right. I'm going back up to Willow Falls to shake the truth out of that man who calls himself Batman. So long. Racing outside the house, Clark Kent pauses behind a dark hedge and swiftly resumes his true identity of Superman. Up! Up! And away! Then the Man of Steel leaps high into the starry sky and streaks northward, bound for Willow Falls and a shocking surprise. We'll be back in a moment to find out what it is. So keep listening. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. After streaking to Willow Falls, Superman has secretly resumed his disguise of Clark Kent, mild-mannered and bespectacled reporter. And as we join him now, he is speaking to the clerk in the Willow Falls Hotel. What room is Batman in, please? Uh, Batman is not here, sir. He, uh, he checked out. Checked out? When? Oh, about a half hour ago, I'd say. Where did he go, do you know? 
Uh, no, sir, I don't know. As a matter of fact, I did ask him. You see, I wasn't able to hear him speak tonight, and since I'm off duty tomorrow, I was hoping I might hear him, if he was speaking uh, somewhere nearby. Well, what did he say? He said he'd been called away on important business, and I, well, he wouldn't be making any more speeches for a while. Hmm. Did he leave a forwarding address? Uh, no, sir. No, sir, he didn't. Dismayed, Clark Kent, who is Superman, stands in the small hotel lobby feels utterly helpless as the true state of affairs becomes crystal clear in his mind. Of course. I might have known this would happen. He is a phony. Now he's gotten rid of Robin and gone into hiding. Now what will I do? How can I find them? Is Superman right in believing that the man who reappeared in Metropolis yesterday is not the real Batman, but a clever and villainous impersonator? If so, what has happened to the real Batman? And to Robin. We'll learn the answers to some of these questions in tomorrow's fine-tingling episode, fellows and girls. So be sure to listen. Tune in, same time, same station, for Chapter 6 of Batman's Great Mystery on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Superman, in his guise of Clark Kent, drops a figurative bombshell into the lap of editor Perry White, mayor of Metropolis, when he says... I'm sure I know the answer to this Batman mystery now, Chief. You do? Yes. I'm convinced that the man we thought was Batman and who's been making un-American speeches the last few days is not Batman at all. Not Batman? I mean he's an impersonator. A fake. And now, the adventures of Superman. Superman's two great friends, Batman and Robin, are involved in a strange and baffling mystery. Twice the famous Batman has disappeared. And now Robin, too, has disappeared. And Superman believes the youngster was led into an ambush by Batman's impersonator. In his guise of reporter Clark Kent, Superman has concocted a spectacular plan. And as we join him now, he is seeking the cooperation of Perry White, his former editor on the Daily Planet, and now mayor of Metropolis. 
Chief, I'm certain the real Batman has either been killed or is being held prisoner somewhere while this phony goes around pretending to be Batman and falsely drumming up public opinion against A.D. Europe. Oh, nonsense. I don't care how clever he is, he couldn't fool Robin. Oh? Why, those two are closer than, uh, than two peas in a pod. I know, Chief, but still he fooled him. He even fooled me. You? <laughs> that doesn't prove anything. That's what you think. But how about this? Do you think the real Batman would slug Robin, knock him unconscious, then leave him lying on the floor and walk out? Well, I'll admit that's hard to understand. And would the but... real Batman make public speeches saying, let the hungry children in Europe starve? No, 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 of course not. Well, no decent person would or could. But something may have happened to him, can't he? Well, he may be sick. That's what I thought until Robin disappeared last night. Oh, just a minute. Hello? Oh, yes, Inspector. Any word of Robin? Uh, nothing, eh? Uh? Uh-oh. Look, Chief, ask him if he's uh, got... Yes, he's here. Uh, just a minute. Uh, Henderson wants to talk to you, Kent. Oh, okay. Hello, Inspector. Did you... Fu- yes? Yes? There weren't, huh? Well, that proves it, then. Proves what? Just a minute, Chief. Well, maybe not positively, but negatively. Right. I'll see you later, Inspector. Thanks for calling. So long. What were you talking about, Kent? Henderson's men checked the real Batman's fingerprints, which they have in their files, with all the prints they could find in the hotel room occupied in Willow Falls last night by the man who calls himself Batman. Yes? Did they check? No. That definitely proves this fellow is an imposter, just as I said. Not necessarily. Batman may not have left any fingerprints in the hotel room. The prints may have been someone else's. Well, I'll admit the fingerprint test may not be conclusive, but it's good enough for me, plus all the other evidence we have. Now, will you back me up in this plan to find Robin and the real Batman, or won't you? No, wait a minute. What plan? You remember that recording I found in Batman's study? A recording of a conversation between Batman and a man who called himself Jones? Yes. What about it? Well, I'm convinced that Jones is responsible for Batman's disappearance. And I... Why? Because Jones had a hold on Batman. I can't tell you what it is, except it was a secret Batman didn't want to reveal. And I'm sure Jones used his knowledge to make Batman go away with him. Mm-hmm. Well, that could be. Go on. Well, I've heard this Jones's voice somewhere. I can't remember where, but I'm certain he's rather well-known. Likely under a different name. So? So I want to have duplicates made of the recording and play it over the Daily Planet radio station and on other stations all over the country. Then I want to offer a big prize, say $10,000, to the person who can identify Jones. $10,000? I, I know that's a lot of money, Chief, but we need a big prize to get everyone listening. And it'll be well worth it if we find Batman and Robin. Well, that's the wildest notion even you ever came up with, Kent. No, Chief, but look, it I... just might work. It will. Also, it'll be a terrific news story for the planet. So go ahead. Hop to it. Now you're talking, Chief. I'll get working on it at once. As Clark Kent hurries to set his plan in motion to identify the mysterious Mr. Jones, the real Batman and Robin, united once more, are prisoners in a stout, square old building far upstate in the midst of lonely farmland, which had once been a prisoner of war barracks in the days of the Revolution. Heavy, rusted leg shackles are fastened around the ankles of the dynamic duo and forged to stout iron staples in the wall beams, allowing them freedom of movement only for a foot or two in each direction. Oh, gee, Batman, I sure was stupid not to realize that the guy who was posing as you was a pony. Oh, I let him lead me into that ambush at the River Hotel like a little lamb going to slaughter. Oh, don't blame yourself, Robin. That guy and Mr. Jones are very clever. Well, I should have known you wouldn't slug me, though, or make un-American speeches. Say. What? I'll bet that's what Mr. Kent meant. Kent? Uh Uh-huh. He said something fishy was going on, that either you were sick in the head or there was another explanation, which he was going to check. Now, I'm sure he guessed the truth. Could be. Ken's pretty smart. 
But I'm afraid he guessed too late. Well, maybe not. I'll bet he and Inspector Henderson will stay on the phony Batman's trail until he leads them right here to us. He'll never lead them here. Why not? You said the phony's working for Jones, didn't you? So he's pretty sure to show up here sometime. Yes, but he's already showed up here, Robin. And he wasn't tailed. No kidding. When? A couple of hours ago. While you were still under the chloroform they used on you. Oh. And if Kent and Henderson had been on his trail, we'd be out of these chains by now. Yeah, I guess we would. Gosh, Batman, I don't get this. What's behind it? It's simple, Robin. You see, Jones is a rotten fanatic who believes in keeping everything home and letting Europe starve. And he's using the phony Batman to drum up public opinion against our helping anybody, anywhere. I know that, but why is he keeping us here? What does he intend to do to us? Well, I think we'll find out as soon as Mr. Jones gets back. He's been away all night. I see. Look, who's the guy who calls himself Batman? Do you know? No, except that his real name is Ed. Ed what? I don't know, but he's getting scared. I heard him tell the others of the gang here he's got to see Jones at once. He... Wait a minute. What gives? Jones just came in. How do you know? I'd know his voice a mile away by now. I'll bet. He's in the next room with the phony Batman. Come on. Move up close to the wall. All right. Do you think we can... Quiet. Don't breathe. Just listen hard. Maybe we can find out what Jones has on the fire for us now. Straining at the end of their shackles, Batman and Robin press close against the wall. On the other side of which is the mysterious Mr. Jones and the false Batman. What will they hear? We'll be back in a moment to find out, so keep listening. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. In the ancient revolutionary prison barracks, Batman and Robin, heavy chain shackles on their ankles pressing their ears against a thin crack in the wall, beyond which is the mysterious Mr. Jones and the man who has been impersonating Batman. Quiet now, Robin. Don't say a word. I won't breathe, Batman. Listen. That's Jones, huh? Yes, quiet. Now the thing. Oh, that's what you think with he sounds just like you, Pat. I don't know, Robin, but it sounds bad. Helpless, their hearts beating hard, Batman and Robin hear themselves condemned to death. What is the ace card which the mysterious Mr. Jones says Batman and Robin will play for him before they are eliminated? 
What if Clark Kent's plan to locate his friends by trying to identify Jones's voice? Will that bring results in the brief space of the day that remains? Tomorrow's episode is tense and exciting, fellows and girls, so be sure to listen. Tune in, same time, same station, for Chapter 7 of Batman's Great Mystery on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this time. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. It's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, as Superman searches for them, the mysterious Mr. Jones reveals ominous plans for his prisoners... The famous Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin are going to play an ace card for our cause, Ed. And they're also going to put us on easy street for the rest of our lives. Yeah? <laughs> when? Today, Ed. Today. Then, tonight, when we no longer need them, Batman and Robin will die. Adventures of Superman. Having somehow learned that the famous Batman and Bruce Wayne were one and the same person, a man calling himself Jones persuaded Batman to go away with him under the threat of revealing his secret. Two weeks later, an impersonator wearing Batman's costume appeared in Metropolis. The imposter looked and spoke so much like Batman that even Robin and Clark Kent, who is Superman, were fooled. And after appearing at two huge mass meetings where he made rabble-rousing un-American speeches, the impersonator led Robin into an ambush and then disappeared. While Superman, who by that time knew the truth, perfected a plan to locate his missing friends, Batman and Robin were reunited far upstate in an old prison barracks dating back to revolutionary days. There, as prisoners of the mysterious Mr. Jones, they were shackled by heavy chains around their ankles to iron staples embedded in the beams. As we join them now, they are pressing their ears against a thin crack in the wall, through which they have just overheard a conversation between Jones and a man he calls Ed, Batman's impersonator. Listen. Holy smokes, Batman. Jones said he's going to ring down the curtain on us tonight. Yes, I heard him, Robin. What are we going to do? Just wait here like mice? Got any good suggestions? Not even a bad one. Look, what do you... Hold it. comes Jones now. They're in here. Yep, here they come. Listen, Robin. They come close enough for us to get our hands on them. I get it, Pat. Good morning, gentlemen. I hope you're quite comfortable. I never felt better, Mr. Jones. Oh, we're crazy about your hotel, Jonesy. Especially the sleeping accommodations. Nothing like a good hard floor to keep a fellow feeling fit, I always say. 
I'm glad you haven't lost your sense of humor, Robin. Don't go any closer, Ed. These chaps might forget their manners. Oh, come on. You needn't be shy. Yeah, step right up and shake our hands. Smart little punk, aren't you? Oh, boy, come just a bit closer and repeat that, bud, please. Stay where you are, Ed. If you think I'm afraid of these guys... Grab him, Batman! Back, Ed, you fool! I missed him. Oh, tough luck, Jim. From here in, Ed, I'd suggest you forget your stupid bravado and do as you're told or you'll regret it. You can say that again. Oh, let's get down to business. Batman, I want you to do me a favor. Really? This ought to be good. Yeah, I can't wait to hear it. Well, spill it, Jones. It's really quite simple, Batman. I just want you to tell me in which banks or vaults you have your safe deposit boxes. And I want you to give me the numbers of your boxes. That's all, huh? Are you kidding? I figure you must have the bulk of your wealth in securities, bonds and stocks and so on, in your safety deposit box. Since it was never possible for Ed or myself to follow you into bank vaults, we couldn't learn just where your safety deposit boxes are or their numbers. And Ed must have that information so as not to arouse the suspicion of the vault guards. You understand? Sure, sure, I understand, all right. But if you think I'm going to give you any of that information, you're crazy. And how? Maybe this will help you to see things my way, Batman. Uh-oh. Put that gun down, Jones. Don't be ridiculous. This revolver is pointed at Robin. And at this distance, I can't possibly miss him. Now, do you tell me what I want to know, Batman, or do I fire? Now, wait. He's bluffing, Batman. You should realize by now that I don't bluff. Now, I'll count to three. If by the time I reach three, you still haven't talked, Batman, it'll be the end of Robin. One. Don't tell him, Batman. Two. He's going to finish us anyway. Three. Wait, I'll tell you. No. I thought you would. No, don't, Batman. Don't talk. You know he's going to finish us anyhow. You heard him say so. Well, I, I can't stand here and watch him shoot you, Robin. Of course not. Now, tell me, please. All right. All right, here it is. Just come from the Daily Planet radio station, Lois. It's all set. What's all set, Clark? The broadcast of the recording of Mr. Jones's voice. You know, the one I found in Batman's oh, study? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. The station has agreed to run it? That's right. They'll broadcast it once every hour with the announcement that anyone who identifies the voice will be paid $10,000. $10,000? Yep. But why, Clark? Well, as I told you the other day, I'm sure this man Jones is responsible for Batman and Robin's disappearance. And I'm also sure that Jones isn't his right name. But how can you be sure? Because I've heard his voice before, somewhere, Lois. In public, I think. And it didn't belong to anybody named Jones. I see, but but how can you... I figure somebody who will hear the recording of his voice will be able to identify him. With a chance to win $10,000, practically everyone within reach of the planet wavelength will listen. That's what we hope. But we're only a local station, Clark. Suppose Jones, or whatever his name is, hangs out, well, say, a thousand miles away and is known only out there. Taking care of that. This morning, I personally delivered copies of the recording to 500 radio stations in every part of the country. So you see, you there's nothing to worry. You personally work. delivered recordings all over the country this morning. Well, that's right. Well, how could you? How could I? What? Oh, uh, uh, well, I, I, I mean, I. Uh, you mean you sent them out? Airmail? Well, uh, n- n- not exactly, but. but uh, Clark, what are you stuttering about? Oh, I know. I, I guess I'm just nervous, Lois. Batman and Robin, I mean. I'm sure they're in great danger. Oh. <gasps> Yes, I'm worried too, Clark. Fantastic as it sounds, I'm beginning to believe you were right and that it wasn't Batman who made those un-American speeches. Oh, I'm positive it wasn't. If only... Uh-oh. What's the matter? 10.15, time for the planet announcement. Brought this portable radio down so we could hear it. Oh, well, turn it on. Yeah. There. Listen. And now we're going to play a recording of the voice. It's the voice of a man. 
If anyone can properly identify it, he or she will be paid $10,000. Quiet, Lois. Huh? I didn't say anything. Here it is. Listen closely, please. Strange or not, I insist that you come to my place with me now to discuss the matter. That's Jones, isn't it, Clark? Yes. It's not a cock and bull story. What's he talking about? It doesn't make any sense. Oh, we, we cut out Batman's voice so as not to confuse anyone. Oh, I see. That's sheer nonsense, as you find out. But we're wasting time. I insist that you come away with me at once. There you are, ladies and gentlemen. Can you identify that voice? Well, there's $10,000 waiting That's for you if is. you can. Now, if only somebody can identify Lois before it's too late. It's our only chance to save Batman and Robin. Will somebody identify the voice of the mysterious Mr. Jones before it is too late? We'll be back in a moment with the tense climax of today's episode. So keep listening. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. It is the middle of the afternoon, and in his office in the Daily Planet with Lois Lane, Clark Kent paces the floor anxiously. For heaven's sake, sit down, Clark. You're wearing a path in the carpet. Oh, hang the carpet. That recording has been on the air for over five hours now, Lois, but nobody has called up to identify Jones's voice. But it takes time. Time is one thing we haven't got. Well, I know. Oh, we know it might already be too late to save Batman Oh, and now, Robin. look And here, another the... thing I counted on hasn't worked out either. What's that? Well, I've learned that Batman's impersonator appeared at the bank the other day, forged Batman's signature, and drew out all his cash. He did? Yes. Well, I happen to know that most of Batman's fortune is in securities... I don't know where he keeps them, but I left word at all the banks that if anyone... Oh, just a minute, Laura. Clark Kent speaking. Who? Oh, yes, Mr. Anders. What? He did? When? What is it, Clark? He's there now, you say? What is it? Well, hold him. Stall him somehow. I'll be there at once. So long. Clark, what is it? Bruce, uh, uh, Batman's impersonator is at the Metropolis Trust Company now in their safety deposit vaults. He is? Yes, I'm going right out there. Keep your fingers crossed that I'm in time, Lois. Rushing from his office to a deserted storeroom, Clark Kent swiftly strips off his business suit to reveal the blue costume and brilliant red cape of Superman. Up! Up! And away! (laughs) Then he streaks away through the bright afternoon sky bound for the Metropolis Trust Company. Will he arrive in time to seize Batman's impersonator and perhaps Mr. Jones, too? There's a thrill a minute in tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls, so be sure to listen. Tune in same time, same station for Chapter 8 of Batman's Great Mystery on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes.
Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, with Batman and Robin still missing, Superman, in his guise of Clark Kent, answers his telephone and receives spine-tingling news. Mr. Kent, this is Frank Anders at the Metropolis Trust Company. Oh, yes, Mr. Anders. You asked me to call you if Batman came in. Yes, I did. Has he come yes, in? Yes, he's in our bank right now. He is? Look, Mr. Anders, hold him. Stall him somehow. Don't tell him anything and don't let him get away. I'll be there in one minute flat. And now, the adventures of Superman. A mysterious man who calls himself Jones, and who is fanatically opposed to our aiding the unfortunate peoples of Europe, developed a vicious and cunning plot to further his selfish cause, and at the same time, enrich himself. Learning that the famous Batman was really the wealthy Bruce Wayne, Jones persuaded Superman's friend to go away with him. Then... Jones sent an impersonator to Metropolis, who, impersonating Batman, made speeches against American aid to Europe and led Robin, Batman's young companion, into an ambush. Then, chaining the dynamic duo in an old revolutionary prison barracks far upstate, Jones and the impersonator returned to Metropolis to take possession of Batman's large fortune. Superman, who suspects the truth, has contacted all Metropolis banks, and as we continue now, he has streaked to the Metropolis Trust Company in response to a phone call. There, in his guise of reporter Clark Kent, he hurries to the desk of Frank Anders, the bank's manager. Hello, Mr. Anders. Where's oh, Batman? Oh, hello, Mr. Kent. Where's Batman? I don't see him. Uh, he's gone. Gone? But Yes, he, but when you he said... came up from the safety deposit vaults, I tried to detain him, but he said he was in a great hurry. Where did he go? Which way? Well, I, I, I don't know. He left just after I called you. Oh. With his friend, uh, uh, Mr. Jones. Jones? Then it was Bruce... Uh, I mean, Batman's impersonator, just as I thought. Impersonator? What do you mean? Look, Mr. Anders, please call Inspector Henderson and tell him the phony Batman just left here. I, I, I don't understand. Please do as I say right away. I'll explain later. This alley is deserted. So out of these clothes. This is a job for Superman. And a tough job. Only Batman and Jones could have taken a subway or a bus or a taxi or got away in their own car. However they've gone, I must find them. There we are. All set. Up! Up! And away! Yes, Inspector, I'll tell him as soon as he comes in. No, I have no idea where he is. Right. Goodbye. Oh, Clark, where have you been? Well, where haven't I been, Lois? Listen, has there been any word from Inspector Henderson? Yes, he just called. Did he pick up the phony Batman? No, he's still looking, but Oh, the... I was afraid of that. I couldn't find him either. There were too many ways he could escape. Subway, bus, taxi, private Why car. Why are you I so don't... sure it was the phony Batman who came to the bank, Clark? Because that Jones character was with him. He was? Sure. They forged Batman's signature, opened his safe deposit boxes, and took his whole fortune. Good heavens! Oh, I'm sure we'll never see the real Batman and Robin again, because Jones can't let them live now. Oh, Clark, what'll we do? I don't know, Lois. I don't know. Look, 
How about the recording of Jones's voice? Any luck with that? No, not yet. Oh, that's bad. The Daily Planet radio station has been broadcasting the record every hour and repeating our offer of $10,000 for anyone who can identify Jones's voice and tell us who he really is. Still no takers? No, not a single one. I've checked oh. with the other stations all over the country who've been playing the recording, too. No soap there either, huh? Just several false leads. Jones has been identified as a famous movie actor, a cabinet official, a general, a champion prize fighter, you know. Uh-huh. But I guess we have to expect those things. Yes, I know we do, but I was hoping somebody would identify him correctly because it's obvious from the way he works that he's no small-time operator. Lots of people must know him. But then I'm sure someone will definitely identify him soon, Clark. Well, they better hurry, Lois. Otherwise, I'm afraid we've seen the last of Batman and Robin. As the afternoon darkens toward evening... Clark Kent and Lois Lane continue to wait anxiously for someone to identify the mysterious and evil Mr. Jones. Batman and Robin in their ancient prison barracks have been trying desperately to free themselves from the heavy, rusted shackles. In the long, low, dimly lit room, where their ankles are chained to iron staples embedded in the wall beams, the dynamic duo have been bracing their feet against the wall, then throwing themselves back violently against their chains, hoping to snap them or to pull the heavy staples from the beams. Each time, they lock their teeth tightly to keep from crying out as the cruel chains cut into the flesh of their ankles. Oh, it's no use, Batman. These chains won't break and... Oh, these staples won't come out. Afraid you're right, Robin. Oh, my leg is as raw as fresh beef. Oh, so is mine. What are we going to do, Batman? Jones and his phony Batman will be back soon with your bankroll. And you know what happens then. All I know is what Jones said will happen. Well, that's bad, because he wasn't kidding. I know, but take it easy, chum. We're not cooked geese yet. Maybe not yet. We're all trussed up and ready for the oven, though. Oh, boy, I never thought we'd go out this way, chained up like a couple of dogs. Look, cut it out, will you? I said we're not finished yet. You want to bet? Well, not too much, but a small wager, maybe. Well, stop trying to cheer me up, Pappy. You know as well as I do that we're done for. Unless our fairy godmother sneaks a cake in here with a nice big file inside. Yeah, oh, I'd love to have a nice big file right now. No, I wouldn't even mind seeing a cake. Exercising with those chains works up an appetite. Well, remind me of that later. I'll run out and buy you a steak. Hey, when is the last time you ate, Batman? Yesterday. Holy smokes! Hey, never shout like that at a man when he's hungry. Now, cut the comedy, Robin. I just thought of something. A way to get out of here, I hope. Nothing else but... You're talking about food gave me an idea. Go on, spill it. I'm all ears. Now, up until today, when they brought you in, I've been fed fairly regularly by two of Jones's playmates, ugly gorillas with guns, who've been bringing me a tray. One of them would keep me covered while the other set the tray down where I could reach it. You get the picture? Sure, but what are you driving at? Well, there are two of us here now, see? So if we can get the gorillas to bring us some food before Jones comes back and coax them within reach of our chain... Ah, uh, we grab them, give them a quick going over, and suggest they remove our leg bracelets. Surprising how quickly you catch on, son. Come on, now, let's yell and see if we can raise the chef. Hey, fellas, where's the waiter with the water for my daughter? Waiter! Hey! Chef! Try some! Somebody! Hey! Hey! Come on! Hey! Get up! What do you guys want? We want something to eat. Yeah, we're starving. How about a ham sandwich apiece, buddy? Forget it. Mr. Jones didn't say nothing about feeding you. Look, you've been bringing me food every day, haven't you? Well, yeah, but Mr. Jones... Well, he must have forgotten to tell you, so be a good guy. Will you bring us something to eat? Anything. Well... Even a glass of water will do. Just a glass of water. Well, I guess I can do that. Right up, boy. Hey, wait a minute. Car just pulled up. Must be Mr. Jones now. Oh, what a bridge. Never mind him. Bring us the water. Hurry. Wait till I see... 
Yeah, it is, Mr. Jones. I'll ask him about something for you guys. Oh, I know what Jones will say. Yeah, he'll say it with bullet. Oh, I guess it was a good idea, Batman. Yes, Robin, it was. But it came a little too late. And there goes our last chance. Their last hope gone. Batman and Robin wait for the arrival of Mr. Jones. We'll be back in a moment with the tense climax of today's episode. So keep listening. Back to the adventures of Superman. As Batman and Robin in the prison barracks upstate see Mr. Jones enter the room in which they are chained, Lois Lane in Metropolis has just rushed into Clark Kent's office in the Daily Planet. Clark! Oh, Clark, hurry! What's the matter, Lois? What's up? They just called down from our radio station to say that a man showed up there who says he knows who Mr. Jones is. No kidding! Yes, he's upstairs now waiting for us. Hurry, Clark, he may really know... Out of my way, Lois. I'm practically up there now. Racing past Lois Lane like an arrow shot from a bow, Clark Kent sprints through the city room into the corridor and then, out of sight, leaves his feet and zooms up the eight flights of steps to the Planet Radio studio in one great bound, as only Superman can. Does the unknown man in the radio studio really know who the mysterious Mr. Jones is? Or is this another false lead? And if he does know, can he direct Clark Kent, who is Superman, to the upstate prison barracks in time to save the lives of Batman and Robin? Whatever you do, don't miss tomorrow's thrilling episode, fellows and girls, when the unexpected happens and the suspense grows. Tune in, same time, same station, for Chapter 9 of Batman's Great Mystery on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. It's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, with Superman unaware of their predicament, Mr. Jones points a gun at Batman and Robin who are chained to the wall in an ancient prison barracks. Any last requests, gentlemen? Yeah, Mr. Jones. I'd like to see you drop dead. Amen to that. That is just what I'm about to arrange for you to do. Right now. And now... The Adventures of Superman. 
While a man who called himself Mr. Jones held the famous Batman prisoner, another man impersonated Superman's friend. And after making a series of un-American public speeches, led Robin, Batman's young companion, into an ambush. Meanwhile, Superman had discovered a recording of the mysterious Mr. Jones's voice, which Batman had left behind him. And certain that Jones was an alias for some professional rabble-rouser, he had duplicates of the recording made and arranged for them to be broadcast over radio stations throughout the country, offering $10,000 to whoever could identify the man who called himself Jones. As we continue now, Superman and his guise of reporter Clark Kent has been notified that a man who claimed he could identify Jones's voice had arrived at the Daily Planet radio station. At the station, Kent is directed to the manager's office, where a middle-aged, weather-beaten man with shrewd, faded blue eyes sits on the edge of a chair, a battered old hat on his knees. Hello, my name is Kent, Clark Kent. Uh, how do you do? My name's Hempel. William Hempel. Mr. Hempel, I understand you can identify the man whose voice we've been broadcasting. Yep. Fine. Who is he? Not so fast, young man. Fellow said on the radio I get $10,000 if I tell you who belongs to that voice. Well, that's right. So I ain't saying nothing till I see the money. Don't you get the money, Mr. Hempel. After all, the offer is made by the Daily Planet, the largest newspaper in Metropolis, and we'll pay off. Just tell me who owns that voice so I can go after him. There are two lives at stake. Uh, and we... Maybe so, but I want to see that oh, maybe it's about it. Believe me. Now, if you really know whose voice that is on the recording, in the name of heaven, tell me. Like I said before, young fella, I'll tell you when I see the $10,000. great, Scott, Don't I told tell you... you no good to get hot under the collar, neither. I know my rights. All right, all right. You stay right here. I'll get out of the cashier and have a check drawn. Okay, Mr. Hempel, here's the check. Drawn to your order. Fine. Let's have it. No, no, no. I'll hold it, if you don't mind, until you've identified the voice, if you can. I can. Feller owns that voice is Mort Beeler. Now give me the check. Just a minute. Who's Mort Beeler? Feller rides round out in the country making speeches again, what he calls foreigners, and saying for us not to he- send no help to the starving folks in Europe. Great Scott, I think you've hit it. That's the man I heard once way up in Maine. Yes, now I recall it is his voice on the recording. Sure it is. Give me my check. Here you are, Mr. Hempel. Much obliged. <laughs> Easiest money I ever made in my life. Wait a minute. Tell me, do you know where this Mort Beeler is now? Did you say on the radio I had to say that? No, you don't. But I've got to find this man quickly because he's holding a man and a boy prisoners. Matter of fact, it may already be too late to save their lives. Is that a fact? Yes. And if you can help me find this Beeler quickly... Hey, maybe I can at that. You do know where he is? I don't know for sure. But this Beeler, he's got some kind of society. Yes. Calls it, uh, no help for Europe, uh... Nothing for foreigners. I don't recollect just exactly what. That's important. Try to remember, please. Yeah, can't seem to... Never paid no attention, Count. I don't hold with fellas like him. They're always trying to stir up bad feelings. Ain't good. That's right. Now, if you can remember the name of his outfit, I, I can trace yeah, him and then... but I can't. Come to think of it, though, the name and the address, too, is on his envelopes. Oh? Ones he sends out to folks asking for contributions. Wonderful. Do you have one of them? Yeah. Me, I should have. I always keep envelopes to figure my taxes on. Buying paper. Good. Can you let me have one of them right away? Well, you're home, up on the farm. It's just below Mayfield, about 90 miles up steep. Only 90 miles? We can be there in a minute or two. Come on, Mr. Hempel. We'll be there in a minute or two. You know what you're saying, young fella? Huh? Oh, uh, uh well, I, 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 that is... Look, Mr. Hempel, you, you've heard of Superman, haven't you? Yep. Well, he's a friend of the people whom Mort Beeler abducted. Yeah. And he's here in this building right now. Yeah? Well, uh, you're joking. No, I'm not. 
You wait right here. I'll see that Superman joins you in a few seconds. Hello, Mr. Hempel. Who, who be you? I'm Superman. You ready for a quick trip up to your farm? Right. You really Superman? I certainly am. Just open this window. Well, I'll be. There we are. Now, up with you, Mr. Hempel. Wait, 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 wait. Put me down. What you aiming to do? Give you the ride of your life, old-timer. Now, don't be frightened. Up! Up! And away! Have you found that envelope yet, Mr. Hempel? Uh, can't seem to leave my hands on them what deal with it. Superman must have thrown them away. But you said they were here in your house. They was, I know, because I've been scribbling on them. Well, I'll help you look. We must find them, Mr. Hempel. We must. As Superman and Farmer Hempel search for the envelopes bearing Mort Beeler's address, Beeler himself and his alias of Mr. Jones stands in the ancient prison block where Batman and Robin are chained by leg shackles to the wall. Pointing a revolver at them, he smiles sardonically. Once again, gentlemen, I'll ask you any last requests. Yes, Jones, I have. Really? What is it, that? I, uh, I'd, I'd like a last cigarette. Cigarette? That's when do you smoke, Batman? Well, I, I don't much, but, well, in a, in a tight spot, I, well, I sort of like a cigarette. You do, eh? Well, I don't know. Now, look, Jones, you took my name, my fortune, and now you're going to take my life. The last cigarette isn't too much to ask in return, is it? <laughs> Under the circumstances, yes, I think you are entitled to a last cigarette. Thanks. Would you give me one, please? I have none because I only smoke cigars, but I know some of the boys have cigarettes. I'll send one in, and I'll give you ten minutes to enjoy it. Then, well, you know what happens then. Yes. Yes, I know. I'll see you both again in exactly ten minutes. Look, Batman, what was the idea of asking for a cigarette? You never saw Now, wake up, Robin. Jones said he's going to send somebody in here, didn't he? Yeah, so what? Uh... So we're going to make a last stab for our lives, that's what. How? What good is... I'm going to try to coax Jones's playmate close enough for us to grab him. Then I'll take his gun and shoot our chains off, and then... And then we go to town. Oh, boy, that man... Quiet, quiet. Don't let him hear you. This is a long chance and... Get ready. Here comes somebody. Straining tensely against their chains, Batman and Robin stare toward the door at the end of the long, low room through which a burly man is advancing. What will happen? We'll be back in a moment for the tense climax of today's episode. So keep listening. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. In their ancient prison, chained to heavy beams in the wall... Batman and Robin tense their muscles as a burly, unshaven giant of a man approaches. A package of cigarettes in a huge, ham-like hand. Hey, it's pretty big, Batman. The bigger they are, Robin, the harder they fall. Now get set. You got a cigarette for me, buddy? Yeah. Here's one. Catch. Thanks. A match? A two-year pack. Yeah. Oh, shucks, I missed it. Butterfingers. Uh... Look, I, I I can't quite reach the matches, buddy. Would you mind picking them up for me, please? Okay. Now, Robin. Come to Papa. 
I got my hand over his mouth. I got his feet. Put him to sleep, fat man. Excellent idea. Good night, sweetheart. That does it. What good, Pappy? Quick, now help me to throw his pockets for his gun. Check. Hey, I can't find a gun. Neither can I. What's going on in here? Uh-oh, it's Jonesy. What'll we do? Well, there's nothing we can do now, Robin. This is it. Their last chance gone. Batman and Robin see Mr. Jones draw his revolver and level it at them. Is this the end for Superman's great friends, Batman and Robin? Serious as it seems, there is still a chance for the dynamic duo. So don't fail to be with us on Monday when further surprising and thrilling things occur. Yes, be sure to tune in again on Monday, same time, same station, for Chapter 10 of Batman's Great Mystery on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. It's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, as Superman is still searching for them... Batman and Robin, having made a final, desperate bid for freedom and failed, can only stand by helplessly as the evil Mr. Jones approaches, gun in hand, to make good his threat. Now, Batman and Robin, this is the end for you. What'll we do, Batman? We can't do anything, Robin. It's it's all over for us. And now, the adventures of Superman. Having learned that the famous Batman and the wealthy Bruce Wayne were one and the same person, a mysterious man who called himself Mr. Jones persuaded Batman to go away with him under the threat of revealing his secret. Then, holding Batman prisoner, Jones sent a man who looked very much like Batman and who had been trained to impersonate him to Metropolis, where he made un-American speeches and led Robin, Batman's young companion, into an ambush. While Superman was trying to locate Jones, who he had learned was really a rabble-rouser named Mort Beeler, Batman and Robin, chained to the wall in an old revolutionary barracks, knocked out a henchman of Jones's who ventured too near and searched him, hoping to find a gun with which they could free themselves from their chains. But the man was without a gun. Their last hope gone, the dynamic duo could only stand by helplessly, as Jones entered the long, dimly lit room. And Jones did have a revolver. What are you two up to, huh? Don't mind us, Jonesy. We're just playing patty cake with your gorilla. Really? 
And you won't play any more games, because I'm going to well, take care of Well, here he comes, Batman. Right Quick, now. Robin, drop to the floor behind Jones and Pal. Leave this. Hey, what are you two up to now? Drop your gun, Jones. I've got you covered. Holy smokes. What? Don't make me laugh, Batman. This is no joke. I've got your gorilla's gun. What a bluff. What? You heard me, Jones. Now drop your gun or I'll shoot. Help! It's Stop, Jones. Help. Stop or I'll shoot. He's gone, Batman. He fell for the old shell game. Sure, he's yellow. I never knew a rabble rouser that wasn't. What do you think he'll do now? I'll probably come back with reinforcements. Oh, here it comes. Stand back. The first guy who pokes his head in here gets a bullet in his head. See that, Robin? <laughs> yeah, they duck back like rats in their holes. Well, now what, Batman? We won't be able to fool them forever. Yeah, I know. Up on your feet, chum. Come on. What's the gimmick? We've got to make another try to snap these chains. Are you kidding? We've already tried for hours. I know, but we've got to try again. Now, come on now. Put your foot against the wall and then throw yourself backward. Okay. Oh. <clears throat> oh. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> Uh, oh, it's no use, Batman. They won't break. No, I, I guess you're right, Robin. We're not getting any place. I wonder what friend Jonesy is up to now. Oh, something rotten. You can bet your bottom dollar on that. Hey, wait. What's that? What? Do you smell smoke? Gee whiz, yes. Yeah, yeah now I hear something burning, too. Listen. Holy smokes. This joint is on fire. What's that? set this place on fire to, to finish us. Right, Robin. Yes, looks as if we've jumped right out of the frying pan into the fire. <coughs> Coughing as the smoke begins to swirl through the long, low room, Batman and Robin realize that their final desperate ruse has now also ended in failure. Meanwhile, in the farmhouse of William Hempel, where papers are strewn all over the floor, Superman and Hempel have been unable to locate the envelopes bearing the name and address of Mort Beeler, alias Mr. Jones. You said you were sure those envelopes were here, Mr. Hempel. Uh, they was, Superman. Like I told you, Beeler sent him asking for contributions to his no-good society. Well, then where are they? Yeah, beats me. All I can think is maybe me or my wife threw them out. Oh, great Scott, what'll I do? I've got to find Jones, I mean, Beeler's address, because I'm sure he's holding Batman and Robin someplace. I sure wish I could help you, Superman. Wait, Mr. Hempel. You say this man, Beeler, goes around the countryside making speeches and trying to get support for his Let Europe Starve campaign. Yeah. Then he sends letters to the people who heard him speak asking for money. Well, if he's spoken around here and sent you letters, he must have sent letters to some of your neighbors, too. Why, sure. I was speaking to Sam Hoffmeyer just the other day about it. Sam says he got a letter, but... Well, Where does Hoffmeyer live? His farm's just other side of Mayfield on the turnpike. Good. I'll find him. See you later, Mr. Hempel, and thanks. Up! Up! And away! Mr. Hempel says you've got a letter from this man, Mort Beeler, too, Mr. Hoffmeyer, asking you to contribute to his un-American campaign. Yep, I did, Superman. Well, tell me, have you a but copy? But he won't get no money from me. No, but I... I always say, 
We got to help them poor folks over there. Yes, yes, of course we do. But uh, w- w- what about the letter? Do you still have it? Uh, let's see. Uh, I reckon so. Oh, will you show it to me, please? It'll give me Beeler's address yeah, and then I can... Hold on, hold on. Seems to me I've seen it over here in the fruit bowl. Oh? Uh, usually we keep all letters and papers and such in here. Well, is it there? Nope, we don't seem to be here now. Oh, oh. now how will I find uh, Bill? Wait a minute, wait a minute. I kind of recollect taking it upstairs to Sarah the other day. Sarah? Yeah, that's my wife. Uh, she's been ailing some, so I took her up whatever letters and papers was around for her to pass the time. Yes, yes. Well, will you please see if the letter is upstairs, Mr. Hoffmeyer? Uh, yep, uh, go right up now. You just wait here. I will, but hurry, please. Every second counts. Anxiously, Superman waits for Sam Hoffmeyer to seek out the precious letter from rabble-rouser Mort Beeler, alias Mr. Jones. Meanwhile, the ancient prison barracks, set in a vast, desolate countryside, is blazing furiously as Batman and Robin, chained in the center of the burning structure, are helpless. What will happen? We'll be back in a moment for the dramatic climax of today's episode... So keep listening. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. In a desolate countryside, the twilight sky for miles around is illuminated by the glare of a raging fire that is making an inferno of the ancient prison barracks which dates back to the time of the Revolution. Outside the blazing wooden structure, a half dozen of Mr. Jones' followers stand watching in awe, while to one side, smiling broadly, the rabble-rouser stands with Ed, the man who was trained to impersonate Batman. Well, Ed, that's the end of Batman and Robin. Oh. That's a tough way to go, Mr. Beeler. Huh? Feel sorry for him, do you? Well, kind of. Uh, you'll get over it when we start spending Batman's money. <laughs> Ed. What's the matter? Where are the suitcases? What suitcases? The ones with Batman's money. Why? Why, I thought you brought them out. I thought you did. Holy smoke. Come on, we've got to get her. No, wait, we can't go back in there. The roof will go down any minute. We've got to. There's over a million dollars worth of securities in those suitcases. They'll be burned up. Or we'll be killed. It isn't No, worth... we won't. The suitcases are in the kitchen near the door. For heaven's sake, come on, hurry. Well, all right. As Jones and Batman's impersonator rush into the rear of the blazing barracks risking their lives to rescue their stolen loot. There is a rending crash, and the roof above them crashes down upon them. And at that moment, having finally learned the address of Jones' headquarters, Superman streaks through the skies toward the blazing barracks, then plummets down into the mass of blazing, collapsing wreckage, where he finds Batman and Robin, who lie unmoving. As Superman arrived too late to save the dynamic duo, as the rabble-rouser Jones and Batman's impersonator, who, driven by greed and bigotry, pulled down destruction upon their own heads, destroyed the courageous Batman and Robin, too. There are more thrills and surprises in tomorrow's smashing climax of our story, fellows and girls, 
So don't miss it. Tune in same time, same station for The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. It's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, having streaked through the sky to the burning prison barracks in which Batman and Robin were imprisoned, Superman hovers high in midair, then stiffens in horror at what he sees below him. Great Scott. I'm afraid I'm too late to save Batman and Robin. But I must try. Down to them. Down! And now... The Adventures of Superman. Motivated by selfishness and greed, a rabble-rouser named Mort Beeler, who masqueraded as a Mr. Jones, captured the famous Batman and arranged for a man who had been trained to impersonate Batman to make un-American speeches. Then Robin, Batman's young companion, was led into an ambush and captured. While Superman tried to trace his friends by the means of a recording of Jones's voice... Jones and the impersonator appeared at Batman's bank and took possession of his large fortune. Then they returned to an old revolutionary barracks far upstate to do away with Batman and Robin. There, the dynamic duo staved off disaster temporarily by overpowering a guard and pretending to have a gun. But Jones countered by setting fire to the ancient barracks in which Batman and his young companion were chained to heavy beams. By a grim stroke of fate, Jones and the impersonator were struck down in the burning wreckage when part of the roof collapsed. Now, as Superman zooms down into the flaming building, the rest of the roof is buckling, about to collapse upon the unconscious forms of Batman and Robin. Batman! Robin! Oh, they're unconscious. And chained! Hey, that roof's gonna fall in a second. I better rip these chains out of the wall, like this. There. Oh, I'll just wrap my cape around these two like this. Uh-oh, here comes that roof! Swiftly covering his unconscious friends with his brilliant red cape, Superman stands above them, shielding them as the blazing roof plunges down with a roar upon his head and shoulders. Then... Uh, now... Up! Up! And away! 
unharmed, the man of steel shrugs the burning timbers from his shoulders and protecting the two limp figures in his arms, leaps from the inferno high into the clear, cool sky, looking like a gigantic phoenix, the fabulous firebird. Then, surveying the awesome scene below for an instant, Superman veers and speaks away to the south, bound for Metropolis. Away! A short time later in the house they occupy as Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson, Batman and Robin have been seen and pronounced fit by their doctor. Now, after showers and a change into fresh clothes, they're in their kitchen with Superman, who has resumed his guise of Clark Kent. Bruce is making a third round of sandwiches, and Dick is pouring a second bottle of milk. Hey, this is good eating. I must have been hungry. Well, good. I'll fix some more sandwiches. Mm-mm. <laughs> oh, don't make any more for me, Bruce. I'm full. Mm, keep working, Bruce. I'll eat Mr. Kent's here. <laughs> okay, Dick. If you can take it, I can dish it up. Mm, you keep dishing, Chum, and I'll keep taking it. <laughs> Where do you put it all, Dick? Oh, I'm a growing boy, didn't you know? <laughs> or maybe the fire gave me an happy Oh, don't remind me of that. Well, once I really thought we were done for. Well, me too. And we would have been if not for Superman. Hey, that reminds me. I, I didn't thank you, Clark. Oh, forget it, Bruce. Huh? What are you thanking him for? Why, because I... I... Well, that's a fine question to ask, Dick. Didn't Clark find and identify that recording of Jones's voice I left behind? Oh, that's right. And then he turned over the info to Superman, huh? Well, that's about right, huh? Hey, Clark? Yeah, well, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> something is... Something like that's good. Hey, what are you two laughing about? Who, me? Yes, you. There's something going on that I don't know about. Now, what gives? <laughs> well... Maybe we'll tell you sometime. Yes, maybe. <laughs> oh, come on. Tell me now. No can do, sonny boy, so forget it. Now we... Maybe I can guess. Don't bother, Dick. Forget it, I said. Oh, uh, look, Clark. Jones, Mort Beeler, I mean, and my impersonator are really done for, aren't they? Yep. They'll never pull another rascally trick in this world, Bruce. Well, I hate to say it, but they had it coming to them. They sure did. They weren't only thieves and murderers, but rabble-rousers who tried to turn people against each other, which is worse. Yes, they were the worst kind of rabble-rousers, Dick. You know, Jones had a printing press in that old prison barracks in which he used to print anti-racial pamphlets to mail out all over the country. No kidding. Sure. Yeah, he was a nice guy, all right. Say, that reminds me. Anybody get a newspaper? Why? I want to look at the want ads. With all our money burned up in the fire, we'll have to get jobs. You and Bruce have jobs, Dick. Your job is to bat against crooks and rabble-rousers. Oh, we do that for free and for fun. And I'm spoiled. I like to eat three square meals a day. Oh, what I've seen this evening, you like to eat four or five. <laughs> well, don't worry, Dick. You'll keep on eating. Clark tells me that Beeler and my impersonator needn't have gone back into the fire for the securities they stole from me because one of their men had brought the suitcases out. Well, I'll be darned. Pretty ironic, huh? Yes, but good. And when Superman went back there after bringing us here this evening, he picked up our little nest egg. And the followers of the late Mr. Jones Beeler, who were starting for places unknown. Oh, well, isn't that nice? Ah, that Superman. You know, he's a lad after my own heart. And my... Holy smokes! What's the matter, Clark? Oh, a fine newspaper reporter I am. Here I've got a big scoop, but instead of rushing into the Daily Planet, I sit here idly playing tiddlywinks with you guys. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Out of my way. I've got to fly. And I do mean fly. So long, chum. So long, Mr. Kent. And thanks. Yeah, thanks. And happy landings, Clark. Call me anytime. So long. Hurrying from Batman and Robin's house... Clark Kent pauses in the shadows to resume his true identity of Superman. Then, up, up, and away! 
Man of Steel takes again to the airways and speaks across the tall skyscrapers and broad avenues of the city to the Daily Planet, where he meets head-on with a startling surprise. We'll be back in a moment to find out what it is, so keep listening. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Back at the Metropolis Daily Planet in his disguise as Clark Kent, mild-mannered and bespectacled reporter, Superman typed the amazing story of Mort Beeler and Batman and Robin. Then, ripping the last page of the story from his typewriter, he strode to his office door and threw it open on the bustling city room. Copy. Copy, boy. Come on up, Mr. Kent. Come on, Beanie. Come on, step on it. Yes, sir. Got something hot, Mr. Kent? Oh, I got a scoop for page one, that's a all. A scoop, huh? Yes, what? but at the rate you're traveling, it'll be ancient history by the time you get it to the city editor's desk. Well, God. All, all right, never mind the conversation. Now, here, Beanie, take this to Mr. Burroughs. And shift into high gear, will you please? Yes, sir. I'm on my way. <laughs> oh, what a kid. I wonder if he still plays euchre. Oh, oh what a day. Even I can stand a bit of relaxing right now. Oh, and there's my phone. Now what? Hello? Hello, Kent? Yes, who's this? This is Candy Myers. Well, hello, Candy. Hey, how's the private detective business? It's running me into the ground, chum. Oh. I need your help, but bad. Oh, now look. What would a super sleuth need me for? Now, please, Kent, don't make with a quiz game. Why, what's the matter? I wouldn't be calling you all the way from England just for a gag. England? Yeah, London, England. And if you don't get here to give me a hand soon, I'll be pushing up English daisies in a British potter's feet. Hey, sounds serious, Candy. It is serious. What's more, it's a terrific story for you. Well, just tell me where I can find you, and I'll see you before you can say tea and crumpets. I'm staying at the Three Georges Hotel in London. That's all I need to know, Candy. So long. I'll see you soon. Placing the phone, Clark Kent leaps across his office and turns the lock in his door, then strips off his business suit and spectacles and is revealed once more in the skin-tight blue costume and crimson cape of Superman. Up! Up! And away! Leaping high through his office window, Superman veers to the east and, straightening out like a great red and blue arrow, hurtles across the city and out over the broad Atlantic Ocean. Bound for London, England, and Candy Myers. What is the terrific story in which Superman's private detective friend is involved, and in which he requires Superman's help? It is a terrific story, fellows and girls, just as Candy promised. And we can promise you that you'll be sitting on the edges of your chairs from beginning to end. So be sure to tune in tomorrow... Same time, same station. And listen to chapter one of The Kingdom Under the Sea on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time.